Hello, people of Earth. It's just me, Gabe. Google me, Dieter. Um, just wanted to let you guys know, I really appreciate all the friend questions you guys send in every episode. It makes the show more fun and exciting for everybody involved. Um, why isn't Gorag here? Uh, I'm, I don't know. I just wanted to, uh, step in on this one and apologize for the sound quality you're about to hear. Um, we didn't have a really great line to Derek Bros. But we went through with the interview anyway because I was really excited to let you guys know about him. He's one of the better interviews we've had on the show. And that's not saying much, but it was very interesting. I hope you enjoy it. And if not, you can always fast forward. Um, Real positive, Gabe. Um, Other than that, you can look forward to more guests on the show. Had to warm up to episode 100 to get my my confidence up. We're going (laughs) to... We're, we're going to be looking for some interesting people to get on. Um, yeah, no, no real announcements this week. Uh, just wanted to let you know we're still sponsored by LoneStarButtons.com. Make your custom button design a reality. Um, the owner, Adam Stimpy Jones, is in the process of expanding his operation. I'm very excited to see what the hell he's done, but uh, he's expanding to different kinds of products. Uh, He should be bringing some badass mirror buttons my way, and maybe we'll get him on the show to uh, unleash them onto the public. But uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch with Lone Star Buttons and get some custom pins made, you can email info at LoneStarButtons.com, or you can call Adam Stimpy Jones at 281-798-1996. Mention the show, and they'll throw in some buttons for free. They, I mean him. He has no employees yet, but I'm pretty confident that uh, that's going to change. We're also brought to you by the lovely lady that bought the show a new laptop so that we could actually record HD video and post it to YouTube. Um, It's a pretty nice laptop, and it's brought to you by Jessica Martinez, agent of insurance. Uh, Jessica Martinez provides, well, she's an agent. She, She can quote you for auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, and probably something else that I'm missing right now. Life insurance. There we go. So if you need any of these things or you just want to, you know, look into saving some money, get in touch with Jess. 713-298-1985. She can quote you and hopefully save your ass some cash. Also, if you want to take part in the show, I don't know how many times I got to say it. You, the listener, can be part of the show. Send us news stories. Send us urban legends. Send us in some pro tips. We don't give a fuck. Just talk to us. You can reach us at rotwpodcast at gmail.com. Send us some shoutouts. We don't give a fuck. We're also going to be taking phone calls soon. Um, We have all the equipment to do it. Um, We're going to be streaming live and taking live phone calls. I'm very excited about this. I hope every... Everybody listens, has the opportunity to get on the phone with us and just make a real jackass out of everybody. I don't know. Let's see what happens. I guess that's it. I don't have anything else. Um, I guess if you want to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, you can. But if you haven't, you're probably not going to because I've been asking for it for about 100 episodes. Probably not that many, but you know what I mean. Um, 
Hey, why drag this out any further? Um, got a really interesting episode for you, and I hope you like it. The intro is really janky. I'm playing it through my phone into the microphone. So past that, uh, I apologize. But it won't happen again. We're all set here. Looking forward to it. Enjoy. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to episode 101. I'm Gabe. Google me, Dieter. I'm here with Mike the Rodriguez. And on the phone, we have Houston's legendary Derek Bros. What's going on, dude? Wow. That's a pretty cool instruction. (laughs) Sorry about the janky uh, sound quality. We're we're going through problems right now. (laughs) We're doing the best we can. That's that's much appreciated. We got to do it somehow. Hey, so uh, <laughs> how's it going? How are you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing good, man. Just hanging out, relaxing, up being a long day, smoking, eating some dinner, working on videos. Awesome. Is that for the uh, Conscious Resistance Network? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I got a video I'm working on now about Tulsi Gabbard going to Syria. I've got one that I just did on the first week of Trump, and uh, another one that's. Uh, about uh, this upcoming tour. I mean, I did another one that I'm going to release later this week. I like to record a bunch of videos in one day. Uh, this other one later on this week that, that's about the banks and why people should stop supporting banks. So just editing those, hanging out with them. Okay, cool. Let me give the uh, people watching and listening a little bit of background. You are a reporter, correct, for Conscious Resistance Network. Uh, you've also done some work for Truth in Media and the anti-media correct yeah right now i write for the anti-media uh, anti-media the anti-media.org i also write for activist post um and i do long-form investigative journalism for mid press news they're based out of minnesota i do that about once a week oh wow you're very busy <laughs> and i've written for ben swan's truth media before. yeah i write several places i also uh um here in houston i'm co-host of a a weekly radio show called Freethinker Radio that's on 90.1 uh, KPFT on the FM dial every Monday. Uh, so between all that and community activism is kind of the basis of what I do. Not only that, but you're an author and you've written a series of books, correct? Yeah, I've uh, written two books. Well, I guess the third one's written. It's just not out yet. But I've written three books so far and I've got a couple more planned. I never really intended to, to write books or to you know to act as if I had something particularly interesting to say but over the years it seems like there are certain things that he said and I've had uh, my own sort of journey uh, into activism you know to being quote-unquote awake and getting into all these things and uh, for me it was a journey that was you know included uh, drug addiction and going to prison and just dealing with a lot of crazy stuff and having to kind of reevaluate my life and direction I was going in and around that time I started to read certain books and watch certain documentaries and begin a journey of questioning what's going on in the world and as I was doing that I was kind of also learning that um, my drug addiction and all the stuff I'd gone through was because of uh, deeper issues I had just things I hadn't quite healed from or let go of as a child and just different issues you know things that happen to us as we're growing up and that we don't take the time to actually process they they find them a way to show themselves one way or another way whether it's drug abuse or something else so um, in that process, that I realized how important healing is, and 
in relation to the fight for a better world. And that kind of led me to this concept that we started, or I started calling the Conscious Resistance. And that started out as a website in 2013 and then a live show that I do once a week. And then it just kind of developed into this idea. And I met John Vibes, who's another uh, journalist. He writes for the Free Thought Project. I met him when I was on the East Coast uh, doing some intern work. Uh, and rarely met him, very, you know, randomly met him, kind of a synchronicity, and uh, basically that led to a lot of conversations of both of us realizing that we had an interest in concepts like psychedelics, meditation, shamanism, as well as interest in anarchism and self-governance and, uh, you know, just community building and those kind of things. And after having about a year's worth of podcasts and conversations, we decided we had enough material that we should put it into a book, and that's how it started. We released the first book in April 2015, it's called, the uh, officially the whole series is called Conscious Resistance, but the first book is uh, Reflections on Anarchy and Spirituality, and we cover uh, a lot of topics, like I just mentioned, psychedelics, meditation, shamanism, um, anarchism, history, philosophy, a lot of different things, and try to show how all these different ideas intersect into what we call Conscious Resistance. We put that out in 2015, and didn't really have any uh, plans to release a trilogy of books, we just released that one out, and then in a matter of months, John and I both realized that there were some more things that we thought we could say. So we released the second book last April, uh, 2016. That's called Finding Freedom in an Age of Confusion. And that one deals more with sort of the personal, spiritual, emotional journey that individuals go through once they start waking up and questioning the world and looking at it with fresh eyes. And some people get angry, some people get stuck in like depression and hopelessness and things like that. So these are a set of essays that are really designed to try to reinstill some hope in people about the situation we're dealing with and how we can change it. And uh, the final book, which we just finished writing earlier this month, will be released again this April, uh, April 7th at the Free Your Mind Conference in Philadelphia. And it's called Manifesto of Free Humans. And it's basically going to be the sort of capstone finale to this trilogy that we put together. And this one, we really want it to be as much as possible uh, a literal hands-on you know how how to be free in this world today giving people uh, really practical tips and ideas on how to build community how to use this concept that we call freedom cells to create more uh you know, more freedom in the world and also promoting the ideas the principles of agorism and counter economics which are really important to our message and you know basically just trying to give a, a basic handbook on here's how to break out of all this stuff here so we, we talk a lot about this book more like what's happening in our world today it's really relevant to a lot of things we're talking about today like trump and a lot of different things you know we wrote it within a week so we're able to cram in a lot of modern references to pop culture and things that are taking place right now so it was out in april it'll be really relevant to people and hopefully inspirational get more people moving because you know there's a lot of chaos and craziness in our world and it's going to take a lot of change if, if it's ever going to actually go in a different direction right uh so Getting ready for this uh, this show, I I googled you, and the first thing that came up was you interviewing Jim Mars, and I was like, okay, this guy's fucking awesome because I love Jim Mars. Uh, what was it like talking to that guy? You've talked to him a few times, right? Yeah, Jim Mars is a really cool guy, and every time I I am always certain to remind him that you know I mentioned that awakening process and reading a couple books and watching a couple documentaries. One of those books that I read is Jim Mars' Rule by Secrecy. I read that in 2009, 2010, and 2009, and that is really one of that, that, along with his other book, Rise of 
forthright. I definitely highly recommend those, and they kind of take a big, a big picture view of what's going on in the world. And I'd also read his books, Alien Agenda and Sci Spy, and pretty much most of his work. So uh, I got to meet him the first time, kind of randomly, in 2011 when he was speaking in Austin, a few hours away, and uh, I was on a bike tour just crossing the country, and just you know, it was really just kind of a, <clears throat> a spur of the moment, random thing. But it was really awesome. Got to talk to him then, and since then. I think I spoke to him two more times on camera at this forums at this uh, UFO conference in California, and then last year at the uh, Free Your Mind conference. I think he's going to be at the Free Your Mind conference again this year. So it's been really cool to just go from the, again, like a place of just reading these books, having these ideas implanted in my head. When I started HFT, the Houston Freethinkers in 2010, started just as a blog at first. And then after a couple months, I was like, I got to do more than this. There's so much craziness happening in the world. And a lot of it was really like inspired by reading his work and just being really just like freaked out about what the hell is going on in the world. How am I going to fix things? How can I help or what can I do? And that motivated me and pushed me to just try to find other people. So I started going downtown in Houston um, and just putting up flyers, like leaving them on people's cars and just putting them all over the city with just a little sign that said like, you know, do you have questions about 9-11? Do you, you know, are you concerned about the police state? Just different general things like that. And put like a link to the Houston Freethinkers blog. I started the Facebook group. That's really how it all started for me. But a lot of that was really coming from inspiration from Jim Morris. So it was cool to you know, sit awesome. down and talk with him and hang out with him a little bit, you know, besides just the interview, but just to talk with him and pick his brain and stuff. He's always fun to listen to. Hey, so you were at uh, Standing Rock recently, correct? Yes, I was. And, well, I'm... <laughs> I know this because I saw the video of you getting tased. Uh, was that the highlight or the low light of the trip? <laughs> oh, the getting tased part? I mean, it was, I guess it was uh, the most viral aspect of the trip, you could say. But there was, uh, you know, my purpose was to go up there and to try to do what I could to make a little bit of uh, sense of the situation and try to, you know, shine a light on it and show other people what was happening because there was so much misinformation and disinformation and really in the beginning just a lack of reporting at all on the situation that I felt inclined to go there and both as a person indigenous to Texas and other other part of my family indigenous to um, other parts of this country um, and really just finding connection to that in recent years I felt like both the spiritual call as much as like an activist call to and a journalist to be there uh, so you know, I felt like it was necessary to go for a lot of reasons getting tased and pepper spray and all that kind of stuff is just you know the consequence of putting yourself in the middle of action that's just how it goes sometimes you know, you're going to put yourself out there Especially when things are getting rough, like you have an option to either just step back and do nothing, you know, or for me, it's like I need to get as close as possible to the action and, you know, do what I can to, to show people what's happening, you know, at the very least. Uh, and doing that, it includes uh, possible, you know, getting paid, whatever. Obviously, the cops there are really heavy handed, they're just acting crazy, and, um, you know, just act, do whatever the heck they wanted. They weren't really following any sort of protocol or anything like that it was just whatever they wanted to do and so you're kind of going into there you're like all right well i'm going in there and i'm putting myself in harm's way so you really have nobody else to blame so for me it was just like all right well i got tased like that freaked me out you know they shot like the in the video which is on the, the company channel uh in the video what you see because i slowed it down and i watched it later is there's actually a guy um 
see him if you watch it slowly and pause it. He aims like a little cannon, which has this, uh, uh, not rubber bullets, but kind of beam background. He, that's what he shot at my direction, and I think that's what hit my camera. I didn't get hit with it. I was very close to it, so if I would have been hit, I more than likely would have bruised something on my body, but I was totally fine. It just, uh, it, you know, it was a loud bang, so it hit my camera, and everybody started running, and in that sort of chaos when I started to run, that's when I got all the, the tasers got turned on me in the video you can see that these cops are basically pointing tasers at a horse yeah and that's that why i crazy. ran out there in the first place yeah so, so all those guys like in, in the video when you see the little um beanbag round shoot out of the you see like a puff of smoke come out of the little barrel but all the cops with the tasers are still aimed at the horse so they didn't tase me till after once that noise happened i just remember chaos and uh, trying to turn to get away and then as soon as i turned like i just felt this sort of sting just kind of run all over my whole body and my legs locked up and i collapsed and just fell there and had some friends have to come try to pull me out of there and um it really was just uh it happened really quick i definitely could feel that shock and and when i afterward when things settled down i was able to get a picture of what happened and you can see that there was i probably got hit by four four and a half or five tasers because oh, they had little jesus two man prong, two prongs on them and i had just like a whole set going across my, my abdomen, my stomach, my chest, and you can see separate you know, marks where they got in. So, yeah, I got hit with a good, a good amount, and uh, some people helped me get up and get out of there, and then, you know, I got back up and came back up, and a few minutes later, I got pepper sprayed, and uh, it was just, you know, it's just it's a frustrating situation. I put out some videos on what I think strategically, what people should learn, what lessons there are to be learned from this. I've been on the front lines of, uh, both as an activist and just doing journalism work on Ferguson, now at the RNC in 2012 and 2016. Uh, I was at the Boston bombing in Boston whenever they shut down the city, and then, of course, the events in Standing Rock. And you know, I feel like I've kind of got a little bit of knowledge on how to deal with those situations and, and the chaos that happens. And there's a lot of emotions that flare up, and there's a lot of angry people. And, I mean, it's, it's difficult to really keep your focus in those situations, and people need to learn to remember if you're going to put yourself in those situations that you got to be strong heart and strong mind to not lose it because that's what they're counting on right uh would you say that there was there are a lot of people like you in those uh scenarios um covering like uh street level reporting and uh i don't know exactly what the terminology would be like uh, just independent reporting and like Activist journalists, independent media? Yes. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely, until the final weeks in December, uh, like that first week of December, whenever all the stuff was coming up about like the veterans coming and things like that. Until that point, it was pretty much just the only people that were there were independent media. Like I, st- I went, I took three trips to Standing Rock, and the first one was in, um, the first one was in uh, August. And at that point, you know, the camps were much smaller. There really wasn't anybody there, like at all. Um, then, you know, we were surprised. We, we thought it was a big deal because there was like about 500 people there. You know? right. And at that point, the only people that I knew that were there, that was like uh, the Indigenous Environmental Network, they were reporting there and other mainly Native Pacific uh, you know, outlets. But it started to grow once people, really once people, the first pepper spray attacks and the, um, the uh, sticking of the dogs on people. Once it reached that point, that was kind of, I think, once it the public really started to pay attention. Right. And other journalists came up. I remember um, whenever that was happening, I thought that those were isolated incidents. But now that I've been exposed to a lot more that's happened over there, it seems like it was an ongoing uh, push. Would that be accurate? Oh, without, without. Like you getting yeah, tased wasn't, wasn't like 
uh, a climax of of the day you know uh there was probably stuff going on 24 7 correct or that's how i i imagined it oh uh, yeah absolutely there was definitely there was definitely other people who were dealing with um situations much worse than, than mine and you know there's people uh getting shot at with rubber bullets you know pepper spray there's a woman who got part of her arm blown off and you know the cops said it was because the, the water protectors the protesters were trying to set off bombs and they said it was because of the police doing something and you know after a while it became difficult to tell because you definitely had some radical elements within the, the protests that were not concerned with the overall push for um, supporting the Sioux. They were just like, hey, we're here just to you know, mess, cause havoc, basically. You know, they were going to fight cops or whatever. So you did have some, and I documented some of that in one of my reports as well, like the presence of uh, <clears throat> probable, possible provocateurs. Yeah, I was about um, to ask, so do, you think those, definitely, do you think those were agent provo- provocateurs or or no? Um, it's really, so this is what I've tried to tell people is that like at the end of the day, I'm not sure how much it matters. You have to, of course, recognize that that stuff does happen for sure. Be ignorant to think that the COINTEL programs of the past, the government infiltration of activist movements and things like that stopped back in the 70s or something. You know, that's just, right. it'd be, it's just, it's, it's um, people need to be aware of that. Hey, Derek. Honest about that. Uh, the reception got really bad for a second there. Uh, we're okay. we're gonna give you uh just a couple more questions. Uh, you were <laughs> I watched video of you being arrested at a city council meeting. Uh, did you really in- start interviewing the cops when you were being detained? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, in that video? Yeah. Uh, I guess so. I can't really remember off the top of my head. I I know it's the one you're talking about where I'm like sitting down, the cop comes and drags me out of the court. Yeah, what the hell, man? I I was so I was so confused how I mean I've never been in that situation before. Uh I was just confused as to what cause they gave when they took you out of that meeting and was it really a misunderstanding or were they trying to trying to keep you from speaking? I mean I I could speculate as to what their real purpose was, but I mean at the end of the day we don't know, right? What I do know is that and so I was going to city council to speak about with one of the groups that I was involved in before uh, I used to just talking about some of the, the efforts we've been uh, doing. And I can't remember exactly what our, our main thing was, but at that time we had a campaign going on that was really annoying the city council and the mayor. And I don't know if you saw whenever you did a search for me, but I, the last mayor, I confronted her three different times on camera, twice about once, once just about fluoride, the second time about fluoride and about Houston's ordinance that says you can't be more than five at the time. Right. And then the third third time was about police violence and I can't remember some other thing. But I mean, basically, this lady, when she sees me, there's a, we got a freeze frame in one of the videos. You see her just in this look of disgust when she sees me <laughs> walk in the room. So, I mean, I'm very well known to, her, to the former police chief and the former mayor uh, for just doing my thing, you know, for going out there and confronting them for the stuff that they're up to. <clears throat> so I already know that they don't really have much of a, of a liking for me. So it's possible, it's highly possible that that had something to do with why I was, I was mistreated because we were organizing a pretty loud campaign and we um, we were getting supporters to call the city council and the mayor to talk to them and saying they didn't want fluoride, fluoride to be in the water or whatever. And because of that, the city actually called in an official from 
CDC to come there to like spread their propaganda, you know. So they, but we were like, oh wow, they must really be scared of getting somebody from, or not the CDC, the American Dental Association. So we had this American Dental Association person come out there and basically just calling all of our people liars and saying that we didn't know what they're talking about. And I've been waiting, and they put me at the very end, so I was going to be one of the last speakers. So the whole day I was there listening to our people speak, and I was just a couple away, and then all of a sudden, you'd been there for that's when the video three over three hours, right? Yeah, I was just sitting there waiting, because that's the thing. The city council, the local government, they like to play games. And if you're talking about an issue that they don't want to hear about, they'll just stack you at the end of the thing until everybody goes home or until there's nobody there to hear what you say, you know? And so that's what they're doing with us. So I was waiting, uh, and I'm like, all right, well, here's my chance to at least just go, <clears throat> go grill the mayor again and talk to them. And all of a sudden, this dude just comes up to my side, and cop, and he's just like, Sir, I need you to step outside. Sir, I need you to step outside. And I was just like asking him in the video, like, for what for? I mean, I don't, like, I don't know you. Why are you just telling me to come out in the hallway? He wasn't giving me any reason. And I personally don't just respond to orders from a cop. But yes, sir. Yes, sir. They can't give me any sort of legitimate reason why they need something from me, you know? And I have no idea what the hell this cop wanted. I don't know who he is. So he's saying to me, like, I need you to come with me. I need you to come with me. He wouldn't but leave me alone. So I was like, all right, let me get up. And so I went out the hallway. And as soon as I walked out of the city council chambers the hallway he starts trying to like grab me and tell me he needs me to take me to this other room you know and i'm like you know i'm not going in a private room alone with you you know i thought people come out accidentally killing themselves and things like that you know so i'm like i'm like i'm not going into this room with you officer um but i uh just at that point i just sat flat down i just decided like all right i just need to go flat um and sit there on the ground and that's what i did you can hear me in the video just like chill out like i'm not doing this in the cops are trying to get me up and so eventually they start dragging me out of there and kind of trying to take me to another place and while that's going on my friends are there trying to film me and i'm sitting there telling them like hey they're grabbing me they haven't told me anything and then one of the cops walks up and says oh wait that's or not one of the cops but one of the city council person walks up and says oh wait never mind it's not him wrong person so they they pulled me out of there and they were accusing me of like flipping off one of the city council members or something and then you had to drop I had no the idea what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, you- yeah. So then, I mean, by that point, I'm just all upset, right? And this is the thing is, I think that, like, it's perfectly legitimate in the sense that, like, okay, if somebody just comes out of nowhere and starts harassing me, right? And it's like, oh, my bad. I just, you know, ruffled your feathers, got you all hot and bothered for no reason. My bad. Like, you know, the, the cops think because they're a cop, they can just come do that with anybody. And they don't owe you an apology or anything. You just have to deal with it because they're a cop. But if anybody else did that, you know, surely you would be like, hey, what the hell are you? Why are you dragging me out of the, my room, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I told him, uh, you owe me an apology. Well, I don't know if I can say what I really said. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we're on podcasts. It's not radio or anything. Okay. I said, you owe me a fucking apology <laughs> to this cop, you know, because <laughs> he said they're just treating me like shit and just dragging me through the hallway, ready to rough me up. And then once the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's not him, it's not him. The cop lets me go, and I turn and I say something, and you can hear this on camera. I was like, yeah, you owe me a fucking apology or something. And then he like, he didn't like that, so he flipped out and grabbed me and starts, you know, handcuffing me. And I was able to slide my camera over to my friends, and uh, they took me into the, the hallway or into the elevator. And when we were in the elevator, there was like this lady. I, I didn't really understand this till later, but there was a lady in there. The cop kept saying, "Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said?" And the ladies were just like raising their hand, like, "We don't want anything to do with this." And they just got off the elevator. But he was asking them <laughs> if they heard what I said and if they were offended by it, because apparently in Houston the law is that it's right. illegal to use quote unquote abusive language if somebody is offended. Right, so but it can't be find, the cop. Had, yeah, so somebody else asked him like, "Excuse me, officer, 
I am just so offended and upset by what this person said. Can you please arrest them or give them a ticket? Or something? Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. know. But that's like what he was looking for, was like <laughs> a witness to claim that they were upset. Oh, no. And it was just a bunch of BS. And so they took me down and harassed me for a, a while longer. And eventually, you know, I went out there and I just started talking to them. Trying to, I feel like, you know, if I'm like in the cops' handcuffs or I get to that point and I end up going home, I might as well try to like talk to them and let them hear what I have to say. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. I, actually, the funny thing is, I think I probably still have like some sort of traffic warrant out for that thing because they scheduled me. They scheduled me. So this is crazy thing is they scheduled me for some date, uh, and I was all excited. I'm like, man, I'm ready to go in there. I've got this on camera. I'm like, I'm gonna beat this. I'm set up for trial. You know, even though it was just some BS misdemeanor, uh, <laughs> even though they let me go, they still charged me with uh, you know using abusive language. Oh, so really? They let me go. But they charged me with using abusive language, and. Um, after that, so I was supposed to go to show up in court, and I went to court, and I show up there downtown, and there's, like, one security lady there, and she's like, it's better to stay. There's nobody here. I'm like, I'm like, well, they told me I had court there. So they got it all screwed up or something, and then I just kind of was like, well, maybe it got lost in the system. I let it go, and then I found out a few months after that, and this has been over a year now, that, that I had, like, a traffic warrant out related to that, and I was just like, what? what? I'm not, I mean, I'm not worried about it, but it's HPD's fault, and the stupid thing is, in their eyes, like, I missed the court date, so I need to either come pay them or be prepared to face possible arrest. So I'm just like, I'm not, I don't deal with cops, really. I'm trying to jam you up, bro. <laughs> hey, okay, one more last question. <laughs> one last question. Uh, the reason I immediately felt that I needed to have you on is because I saw your post saying that you would be looking into Pizzagate. Uh, can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, long I'm pause. That you long guys pause. That's on the basics. Uh, yeah, we've covered it on on the <laughs> no, show. I'm guessing you. Uh, my the way I'm okay, cool. I'm looking at it now is uh, there's a lot of dubious information mixed in with good information. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've found so far? If it's not yeah, I busting your, probably, your story. No, no, no. I, I definitely think that that's the truth uh, when it comes to a lot of things. Is that, you know, like 9-11 and any other uh, big topics, like at the end of the day, once it starts to grow, there's going to be misinformation and disinformation. And some would say purposeful done to, you know, make it difficult to really filter out the truth from the lies. And, and after a while, sort of uh, disorient and exhaust people and just be like, oh, forget it. Like, I'm just done. I, I don't know what's going on. I can't tell what the truth is anymore. I'm going to stop looking at it. So I think there's definitely some of that going on um, in the Pizzagate community, research community, but there's also, like you said, a lot of good uh, research out there, a lot of good work. I think uh, for me, I've had when I did announce that I wanted to look more into it, I had so many people send me, I have like files and files and stuff that people send me. And some of it's like repetitive, different, uh, similar links, but some of it is pretty obscure areas. And some of it, yeah, like it's stuff that I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I would really rest my case on that. But The, it, the stuff I've seen... Something, the stuff I've seen the mainstream news cover, uh, I mean, it's it's past the point where there's anything legitimate about the story. Well, it's always... I think they're strongmanning it. It's like, <clears throat> you know, they'll say, oh, well, they're saying that Hillary Clinton is literally abducting children and, and this, that, and the other and killing them. And, and because, you know, that part's debunked, so it's all debunked. That That's... They're trying to throw the baby yeah, out yeah. of the bathwater. Yeah, yeah. That, they're they're always gonna pick the, the weakest or the most outlandish uh, arguments 
and then try to argue from that point. I mean, that's just an age-old tactic. Like, you know, you say anything about, like, you believe that people in powerful positions uh, exert influence over the world, and then the next thing they're saying, oh, you don't believe we went to the moon, you know, whether you do or not. Like, they just jump to some crazy <laughs> yeah. outlandish That's none of your business what and, we do. <laughs> you know, that's just, yeah, but, you know, so that's that's a tactic. Um, right. So for me, though, what I want to say as far as Pizzagate goes, um, what I'm thinking is the two areas that I focused on, and I did put out this video a couple weeks ago, um, called uh I can't remember, pizza gate all right quick uh, it was the young turks fail that's what it was called because the young turks put out their little video saying like, how insane and stupid people are for investigating pizza gate or for believing anything about it <laughs> and all this kind of stuff so I, I just cut up their clip and showed like how they you know they don't really even like you guys are saying they don't even spend any time delving deep they're just like oh these people believe that this is happening and it's obviously fake it's obviously the bug they don't actually talk about it so and my two areas of research that i've that's a, good jank. Uh, that's a good jank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I worked hard on that one. <laughs> uh, but, if, uh, and, and, you know, interrupt me or let me know if you guys have a better area that you guys have found. But the two areas that I've focused on, at least so far, is, um, what the hell is your name right now? Um, well, the first being Andrew Klein, which is the, uh, the guy that I'm sure you guys have come across his name. He was responsible for, uh, he was the head of the Department of Justice's Human, uh, human trafficking investigations unit, mm-hmm. and he has also been found to be the you know the actual property owner of um, Best he, of Pizza. Yeah, he's yeah he's linked to Best though. Really, Comic Ping Pong, and pretty much most of the businesses in that that area, like the art gallery um, and all the shops. There's a really good. Um, I'll send you guys the video I did, but it's just called Young Turks Fail Pizza Gate um, <laughs> Investigation, something like that. Uh, and I mean, well, actually, if you Google, if you search on YouTube, Young Turks Fail, there's quite a few, so you might have trouble finding them. <laughs> right. but we'll it's we'll link it on, on our page. Cool, yeah, it's called Pizzagate Investigation Needed. And so I focus on Andrew Klein, who, as I said, was the, when you look into uh, who actually owns the property in that area, who is registered, registered to Andrew Klein. And, and it could be a case of mistaken identity, but it's, it would be really coincidental if this guy, Andrew Klein, who owned it, isn't the same as Andrew Klein, who was appointed by Bill Clinton into his position and who was you know, responsible for investigating human trafficking uh, and you know, happened to be friends with, uh, with the Clintons. So I think that's definitely like, okay, that's an easy one. Somebody just needs to contact Andrew Klein, like find him, like contact him, ask him on camera, hey, you know, you're the head of the human trafficking unit and your name, suppose, you supposedly own the property where there's businesses that have logos connected to pedophile uh, symbolism, you know, and you're the head of the human trafficking unit. How the hell could you not notice that? How do you not know that a business is growing? Mm-hmm. You know, it just would seem really strange to not be aware of that in any way. And that's to me is like, that's not super outlandish just a good starting point and that's something that could be asked it could be answered one way or the other you know there should be a, some sort of explanation for that uh, and it that, should be better hopefully than just oh i, I didn't realize that reminds me of uh trump uh giving an exxon uh, the head of exxon uh the epa you know it's like you're putting the bad guy in in charge <laughs> of protecting himself exactly what he's not supposed to be in charge of i don't know well then isn't that semi-related to um something that i saw you know i i've been following it uh as best i can on 4chan you know before they start pruning all the threads about it but uh i saw where they were talking about uh, the shooter the guy that shot <laughs> at the floor and that his father was also a head of some kind of child trafficking um somebody in, in a government uh position having to do with 
trafficking as well, which I thought was very strange. It, it, all this stuff is so weird that um, there's enough stuff to have leg- a legitimate investigation by a you know FBI, CIA, somebody, but the Absolutely. blowback on it has just been ridiculous. Like it, you know, when it came out, they were like, "It's fake, it's fake, it's fake." Don't listen to it; it's fake. I'm like, "Okay, well, what do you have to prove that it's fake?" Well, we're saying that it's fake. That's why it's fake. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and exactly. wouldn't the NSA be able to track everything? Shit. Well, you would think that with all this infrastructure they built, that they would be able to yeah, tell. It depends, but on it, you know, if it uh, if the if people in the political parties are involved, I would assume that they would have some type of protection against those kind of things. Uh, uh, you know, I still it was Pizzagate that raised the fake news stuff, right? It did. Yeah. Right, right before the no, it was right after the election. Yeah, they're like fake news, fake news, like that. That wasn't a thing until people started quote unquote debunking Pizzagate, uh, and now you can't hear nothing yeah. about that. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I want to go ahead and get mention this last second point uh, mm-hmm. before I let you guys go. Like, go on soon uh, is the uh, other point that I would focus on, and again, it may be a, just a loose end. There may be stronger points, uh, and I'm open to hearing more. If you want to contact me, they can email me at Derek at theconsciousresistance.com. But there's a woman by the name of Laura Silsby, and in my video, I linked to three different uh, stories that cover her information. But basically, in 2010, uh, she was when uh, Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. Laura Silsby got caught in Haiti going down there to, and she was caught trying to traffic 10 children. Damn. It was her, and or actually, it was 33 children. That's the crazy thing is that they, the number was 33. And so people who are into symbolism are like, uh oh, that number keeps reappearing. Um, and so she, her, and 10 other people were caught trying to traffic 33 children. From they, they basically said they were going to build an orphanage and then they were caught actually trying to steal the kids. So, you know, of course, in my mind, my sort of uh, speculation is that the Clintons are in Haiti, they're in their post, uh, post earthquake, so that's why there's all these orphans around. And the orphanage is they're, they're coming to save the kids, is what they're saying, right? But this right. lady, uh, Laura Silsby, she has connections to the Clintons as well. And once she got caught, once that thing went down, Bill Clinton, and there's documentation of this, Bill Clinton went down to Haiti and he, like, struck up some diplomatic deal with them so that it didn't become a big crazy story. Basically going and cover it up and keep things crazy. Is and that all when nine he, the people Is that when he uh, got all nine, aid for, for Haiti? It, well, I think they were already working with Haiti in some ways, but that, because that's what I'm saying, they were already involved in there. And so this more so my guess is if they if, if she's connected and she's a part of this, she was there setting up fake orphanages to, mm-hmm. to gather children and then to send them back to the US to the Clintons or whoever else. Um, and so Bill Clinton comes down there and strikes a deal, a deal with them. Nine of the people, they get to go back to the U.S. with no charges. And Laura Silsby gets like a, a lower, uh, lower charges. And um, I believe, you know, she's she's free now. She's actually, oh, the craziest thing, I don't think I put this in my video. Somebody pointed this out to me later. Is she changed her name. And then now she's like uh, in charge of some uh, other, she's like in charge of some nonprofit that also deals with children. So she totally just got away with trying to kidnap 33 kids. Got brought back to the U.S., you know, got off with the help of Bill Clinton, and then changes her name and it goes to a new job where there's children involved. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think if we could find more information about those situations, yeah. that would probably lead more back to the Clintons and who, who knows where else. That's insane. Yeah. There's also that reporter that was in Haiti that, uh, well, she was trying to investigate that and she was found dead, right? I don't know if you've heard that story. There was... Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh, it just makes me think... Uh, one it, other thing I want to mention on the Laura Silsby thing, this is... 
this is just how it, how insane it is. So the lawyer sells me things. So she gets caught, right? She becomes a big deal. It's all over the news. So she has a lawyer that steps up and defends her. You can see pictures of this lawyer. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, but he gives a press conference talking, saying he's going to defend them, this and that, right? And then like a week or two later, the lawyer who's in charge of defending the chick who's accused of kidnapping kids, he gets caught for fucking pedophilia. So it's oh, like this God. whole circle of people, they're, they're all helping each other and just trying to get each other out of it. I don't know. I mean, maybe what I'm thinking is there's probably a lot of, I mean, I typically tend to lean this way. There's a lot of things maneuvering going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of, right? So when something comes out and says that, like, Speaker of the House, Dennis Hastert, is now accused and been found guilty for uh, molesting young boys, obviously he doesn't really go to prison like a normal person in the world would, but his reputation is basically ruined. It's possible that people, other people higher up in this game are, whenever they want to you know, take out their enemies, they just release information about them being involved with pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, the problem is all these different people are involved in scandals and pedophilia and different crazy things that if they ever cross somebody, they can be taken down easy. So I tend to feel like when that information gets loose and all of a sudden somebody's taken out of the game, it's like, who, who put that there? What was the, you know, what else was going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and whose purpose does it serve? That's insane. Well, Derek, we don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, do you want to plug your s- websites? Yeah, sure. So if you want to find all my work, you can go to, to theconsciousresistance.com. You can find us on YouTube, Conscious Resistance. If you're interested in the books, you can go to theconsciousresistance.com slash books. Both the books that are out already are downloadable for free as a PDF, and I'm working on the audio books for free as well. And book three will be out in April, and you can download that one for free too when it comes out. You can also order physical copies if you choose. And we're going to be going on tour, taking this these message and, uh, this message and these ideas on tour across Texas and across the West Coast and East Coast starting in June. If you want to find more about that, you can go to theconsciousresistance.com slash tour. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on talking to us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys, man. Thanks for your time. Catch you later. All right, peace. Okay. Wow. Did you learn a lot? That's great. About yeah. Pizzagate. <laughs> I know There's I did. so much that oh, it's it's a uh, so many rabbit holes. That that's one of the problems is like you say with the misinformation. It's like people start going and wasting all their time looking at this, that, and the other instead of focusing on here's the the original can... the original evidence was clear enough. Yeah, but nobody and gave then, a fuck about it. See, I don't know if it was legit disinfo, yeah, or if it was conspiracy theorists, whack a moles, fucking going in there, really and... getting in there and and making shit up that wasn't there. They did. They had they had a early in the day. They had a pentagram, Washington D.C. They're like these streets make up the pentagram, and here's where these different areas are at. I'm See, like, that's a bit too. I don't far. know. I don't know, man. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know who's who's in charge of that. You know. Yeah. It could be wingnuts. It could be the government. Who but knows? The, but the fact is that, you know, when they started, it, I mean, the investigation was grassroots, normal people doing their own investigation. Mm-hmm. And through that, they said by the time it hit the mainstream and they started debunking things and they're like, okay, well, let's go to the pizza place. Oh, there's nothing going on here. They're like these guys had months to fucking clean up shop. Yeah. They're like, you know, when when they found out that we were looking at the, the dude's Instagram pics 
he set his thing to private. At that point, he could have been like, oh, shit. Yeah. Let's shut it down. Shut it down, you know? Right. Who knows, man? All right. Well, we got some actual news to go over. Uh, Richard Punching Bag Spencer (laughs) has been punched twice so far. Man, I really want this. There have been so many memes about that, like video uh, edits that are fucking crazy. I want his Pepe uh, pen. I need to find that somewhere. Oh, man. I like the Pepe. I have a painting. No, I, I did. did a, I did a painting of it before it became this right, right, right. connected with the alt right. Alt right, yeah. Uh, what'd you think about him getting punched? Uh, it's mixed because okay, the first punch, dude wearing the the um, what do you call those? The anarcho, Ban- the anarcho bandana thing going <laughs> yeah. on. I was like, come on, man. I think the second person did not have any anything covering their face. See the when stuff like that happens, yeah. Uh, obviously, who wouldn't want to punch that guy? Yeah. But also, you know, what are the ramifications of, of somebody doing that? Yeah. You know, you don't know. Because when you mix violence and politics, uh, it's it's not a normal thing for that to turn out in a positive way. <laughs> Boston Tea Party. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we could be speaking cool British accents right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. No, I know what you mean. I, I think that the whole... People have there was tons of articles. Is it is it okay to punch a Nazi? <laughs> uh, a Nazi, yeah, but Dude, the I, leader of the yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you call that. It. I mean, neo Nazi. He says he's not, but I'm like, come on. I don't know, man. I I don't know enough about the guy. Um, he's that cool haircut. I have seen some footage of him saying like white supremacist stuff, but to call him a Nazi, I would probably call him more of a clan-oriented guy yeah. to be, you know... He's more of a national socialist, if you think about it. Well, that's what Nazis I know. are. <laughs> no, just play it. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know enough about the guy. I don't, and I certainly don't care about him, but when uh, you... Who the fuck was this guy before the alt-right thing? Like, who is this dude? I don't know. Just uh, came out of nowhere. Just came out cuck, of the woodwork. Some cuck. I cuck? Uh, I say cuck three times and what'd you think about the uh millions of women march that happened all over the world that was cool i mean it, it was met with some opposition of people that are man okay over the past 10 days there has been so much straw manning mm-hmm. where it's like are you intentionally obtuse about what's going on or is this what you really fucking believe? And I, I don't know if you can tell the difference because there's people that are like, these women were marching so that they can have free abortions. That's what so the that's what the right, that's, that's what, what the right, that's what the right wing saying. I was like, no, man. I'm like, did you not listen? Okay. Yeah. When when I see uh, social movements yeah. happening in the news, I'm like, oh shit, let me turn on you know right yeah. wing radio and see what the fuck <laughs> they're, they're saying about it because it's so ridiculous. They their their understanding of of the world and other people's opinions is cartoonish. Yeah, to, but to the extreme, it, it's like they post-law, they though. spend zero amount of time understanding the world. Yeah, it's but, like uh, how can we? You know, it's but I don't know if it's Poe's law. If it's people just acting stupid, or it's people actually like this is what I believe. I don't fucking know, man. But and, they're for sure making bullshit up. There's about the people. There's the and people's motivation. You know, well, why, you know, I couldn't march. I have I have a job. I, you well, know, you don't care about your blah, country. Blah, blah. 
I don't need that. They don't like there are women that are like this march doesn't represent me. I own my own business. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. So if you had a word cloud for for people on the right, it's pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps and some, something about privilege. Yeah, I don't know. And it's yeah. like people had to literally tell them the reason why she owns her own business that was paved by women marching back in the early 1900s. Right. Marching for fucking years for suffrage to get, right. give women the right to vote, give women other rights. Yeah. Like you're standing on the shoulders of these people and you you're basically shitting all over them saying you've done everything yourself. Right. Which seems seems weird when you think about it that somebody would have that kind of attitude. If you're a decent normal thinking person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's let's bypass the Trump news until the end because goddamn, I'm sick of that. So guy. much. Uh, Fukushima uncovers possible radioactive fuel from the 2011 meltdown. You know, when I was reading that, I could not believe it's been five fucking no and six fucking six years. years. Six fucking years. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it seems like it was like maybe two years ago. And the the slow pace at which they're able to do anything about it is <laughs> well, insane. Yeah. Because that thing has not stopped polluting the ocean with radioactive mm-hmm. waste. It's why well, yeah. I was reading that they were sending robots to try to do stuff, and they all like broke. Yeah, at they, some point they're they like, "Oh, over radiated." Yeah. <sighs> so I, I didn't understand what it meant until I read up. So so basically, they found the plutonium rods or whatnot. Yeah. That make up the fuel. For well, that. they don't even it. They don't even know for sure because it's melted. Yeah, but yeah. whatever's there, there most likely that is what needs. Basically, they can now pinpoint their efforts into one spot to try to contain it, right? Well, or something of that sort. We hope. Yes. Yeah. My goodness, crazy. Well, there shit. goes a couple of minutes. Uh, I, I to love, the doom's clock. Oh god, <laughs> I love talking about Fukushima because I don't want people to forget about it, mm-hmm. and I I worry that there's going to be you know this whole generation. Of of children being born and growing up and not even knowing that that happened yeah. because it's still it is still right now dangerous yeah. as fuck yeah and it's nuclear power is very scary to me it is I mean what's going on in Chernobyl to everybody like it's still radioactive I mean there's there's a uh, there's uh vegetation and and wildlife there but it's still radioactive scary. Scary thought. Uh, let's see. A family in Kansas City searching for a missing loved one uh, named Jessica Runyons uh, has found its second dead body in two weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. This, this lady... That reminds me of the Pokemon game. <laughs> Pokemon Go? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, it's crazy. Like, this lady does, disappeared in September of last year. Very strange story in and of itself. She was last seen at some party with her on-again, off-again boyfriend. Which th- This is the part where, like, I had to read several news sources because it doesn't make sense to me. This guy, in 2007, his girlfriend went missing. Right. Girlfriend went missing, never found her. This same guy is on-again, off-again boyfriend of the missing current missing woman. He was the last one to be seen with her. She left her car at his place or somewhere it was found burned they found mm. out that he was the one that burned her vehicle but he has not been arrested i'm no detective in her, in her but... disappearance <laughs> he has not been arrested in her disappearance he'd been arrested for burning her car but not tied to the investigation of her well you have to have proof before you can arrest somebody he was last seen with her and he burned her fucking car like what else do you need uh they got they need a body oh my god they need a body 
Sure. Uh, that's what I've been told anyway. <laughs> so September, yeah. So like the last couple of weekends, one weekend they found some dude decaying body that the police were still looking for and they were still looking into. And then like last weekend, while searching for their loved one, they found another dead body. So crazy. It's the odds of that. It's weird. That's a weird thing. That's what struck me whenever I saw it. I was like, this is some fucked up shit. Yeah. Hey, we found a body. It's not the body. It's a body. <laughs> how many, which, how many bodies will me. they find before this chick's found? You Do you ever wonder if you're going through like a path not taken often area that you're perhaps feet away from a body and you don't know about it? Oh, all the time, <laughs> man. Uh, last night we were at a restaurant and oh. I could smell like decaying flesh. Oh. And, and I'm like, uh, that's a rodent and I'm going to move to another table. <laughs> Let's hope it's I'm not leaving, it. but I'm going to move to another uh, table. That reminds me of that hotel with that lady with the weird video camera in the elevator and she was found in the water tank. Yeah. Man, just imagine being those people like, man, it tastes weird when I brush my teeth. All right, I'm going to confess <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, back when I was in school, mm-hmm. uh, I was living with a house uh, full of friends as roommates mm-hmm. and uh, I had gotten out of the shower and we were... The news was on the TV, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like a live uh, live footage of them. Pull, uh, the news crew was on the side of the road, and they had pulled a uh, a body out of the uh, water okay water system. So my whole group of friends made fun of me for bathing in corpse water, <laughs> and I don't know, maybe that was because it was metal. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> it was disgusting. So there. Um, Let's get on to some Trump news, shall we? Yeah. Uh, Trump signs executive order banning immigration from countries. Cherry pick countries. Our military and CIA is hostile towards. Yeah. Did you realize this? No. Uh, I mean, the the story people are going with is they're Muslim countries, right? Mm-hmm. But they're... Are plenty of Muslim countries that are not on the list. Are not on the list, and they're actually uh, hostile. I mean, Saudi Arabia is not on the list. They should be. They they I know funded I know. and enacted nine eleven. You're talking to the you're talking yeah. to the wrong. Guy, and they're they are funding. They are currently funding and providing logistical support to ISIS, and that's known. So that's fucked up. So um, I looked at the list and I was like, Iran, hmm, Syria, hmm. hmm. Uh, what was it? Somalia. That was a weird one. Somalia. <laughs> well, they get the pirates. I guess. Oddly enough, uh, I was looking. What is the, what is the African country? Somalia. No, no. There's another one. Egypt. No. No, that they're well, not on this. No, no. Uh, is it the Congo? I don't think the the Congo is a region. I don't think it's a. I thought Somalia was the African one. Isn't Somalia in Africa? It 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 is. Yes. But anyway, I looked that country up. And I was like, uh, I typed in CIA involvement in that yeah. country, and hey, shit came up. <laughs> and the headline I read was uh, CIA's dirty war in blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck? So supposedly we're backing uh, a, a rebel leader into a political position oh that's, in that country and I'm that's like, completely unheard of and yeah that that'll work <laughs> uh so i'm this this story opened up a whole can of worms for my brain to think mm-hmm. about and why are we fucking around in all these countries and 
you know, it's it's a question I've asked myself for years now. And the only thing I can come up with is there's something there that other countries want. Natural resources of some sort? Not that we need them. It's that other countries want them and our interests don't align with those countries. Mm. So that's all I can figure. I'm not a fucking... <laughs> I, I'm just a dumbass that's involved in this shit. Yeah. You know, from a outsider's perspective. So I don't know. I wish I wish I knew more about it, but hey, but I hear whatever. It, this will blanket all this stuff, but it's been an odd ten days and watching people really dig their heels in and double down. But all this like any sane logical person would be like, This is like retarded. This is what a retarded person does that starts wars. And they're like, No, remember when Obama did this thing in two thousand eleven because of a very specific threat? It's it's good it's you're the bringing same thing. It's good you're yeah. bringing this up because I was going right there. Yeah, it, it's good for that because, you know, it's the same exact thing from these seven countries, even though these seven countries have not, as of yet, had a person from that country commit uh, an act of terror inside the U.S. borders. Well, okay, playing devil's advocate, there is the possibility that they do exactly what we do and fund other people to do their dirty work. <laughs> it's a possibility. Yeah. And I'm not going to discount that. Well, if, if they are funding, but then again, say it. Say they're funding it. They're not saying that. They're just saying these guys, these are a bunch of bad hombres. Well, that was Cheney. Those seven countries was were that was Cheney's plan. Cheney <sighs> brought that up. Yeah, you know, it's like, and then there's some weird alternate universe where they're like, well, Obama did it, so it's okay. I'm like, guess what? If Obama would have signed that executive Obama order, Obama works for whoever Obama works for, and it ain't us. But you if, know? if he signed those executive orders, people would still be protesting. I don't think that if he was signed it, people would be like, man, I'm right on with that. Uh, I don't know, man, because Obama could probably sell it a little better than well, he has he, yeah. Cheeto, Cheeto Dick, as some people have called him. He has no like finesse at all. Like, no, he doesn't. Woo. Let me get to this other okay. Trump story so we can get the <laughs> fuck out of this thing. Uh, Trump said he would absolutely quote do safe zones in Syria, risking escalation slash war with Russia, just like Obama and Hillary. So, hmm. so, and he he is talked that to another the indication that it doesn't matter who's president? <laughs> yeah, either. No, nah, Biden wouldn't be down for that shit. I still have hopes. Uh, I don't know, man. Recount. Re-election. Uh, Put Bernie on that ticket. He already endorsed Hillary, so <laughs> there's really no need he, for it. Man, he was doing what he thought was necessary, and apparently it wasn't enough. You gotta do what you gotta do. He um, he ate that shit cake with stride. He That's why I still have respect for him. Like He's like, I fucking hate everything about this bitch, but she's better than Trump, uh, so I'm gonna endorse her. Uh, yeah, that's that's one way of putting it. <laughs> And with that, let's let's take some friend questions and yes. get the fuck out of here. Goddamn. You got anything? Yes. I got I'm gonna pull up mine, you pull up yours, and then when we meet in the middle, I'll start reading off yours. Alright, Brenda Valdivia Valdivia <laughs> asks, What's the worst job you had and have you ever had to get fired? Have you ever tried to get fired? Hmm. I have a quick answer. I've only had, I'm a, I was a late bloomer. I was a college student right out of high school. I had some, being uh, fortunate to have uh, come from a low income family. I had both a grant that I got because of my awesome grades uh-huh. and uh, a Pell Grant to pay for college. So I didn't have to work Oh, good. until my later years. So I started working in what? 2003 or so. So, uh, I've only had three jobs. I've, I was a cashier at HEB. 
for about four years. I worked at an IT place doing consulting and other things for about almost four and a half years. And then I've been at my current job. So I wouldn't say either of those are terrible. They were all their own things. And I never got tried to get fired from either of them. Uh, I'm, I feel fortunate in that because I know a lot of people. I've, I've known a lot of people that kind of shuffled through jobs and completely are, are completely fucking miserable the whole time. Yeah. Um, I've never really had a shitty job. I've been paid shittily, but <laughs> yeah. I've always had fun at all my jobs, so I, I couldn't really complain about anything other than the pay. And, you know, for the age I was, it didn't really matter. Uh, Laura Darling asks, how many people have you dated at once? One. That's it, Playa? Come yeah. on. Uh, I've dated two. Ooh. But... Not, not no, have for, I mentioned not how I'm awkward long. around people? I, I'm, I was glad yeah, that, enough to have the one person. Yeah, that was weird uh, when, <laughs> when I was running around like a chicken with its head cut oh, off. Oh my god! And you were in charge of keeping Derek on the line. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, we won't go into it. Um, Laura, I, I, I dated two uh, at the same time, and it wasn't anything risky. Laura Rodriguez asks. How many rights do you predict will be eradicated or Trump? Will democracy end as we know it if media becomes staged and controlled? 1984, a very true reality. Man, we're kind of getting there a little bit. I don't think life is going to change unless we go to war, Yeah, which is a real possibility. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to be his fault, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on around the world. and uh, Well, true, but I think that he doesn't know how to deal with it and he might incite something. I don't I don't see that happening. I think if if war was coming, it wouldn't matter who was in charge. Um that's just me though. Uh as far as our rights, um probably internet rights would change. They're, doing, they're trying to do that shit again? Yeah. Net neutrality or yep. or anti-net neutrality? Yes. And, well, they uh, want you to pick lanes. Here here's here's yeah. the internet for your people. Here's the internet for these people. Well, I'll I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Revengeoftheworld.com will be extremely slow on the budget <laughs> that we're on. <laughs> Can't pay for that good internet. Um, did you answer? Yeah. Oh, okay. We're not paying attention to me talking. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to read a question that's not mine. Uh, what else you got? Okay, is the Snoke theory? Oh, sorry, Trey Hyatt asks, is the Snoke theory legit? And if so, how high are you? Uh, it depends on which Snoke theory you're talking about. There's the Snoke is Plagius, mm -hmm. the guy that uh, uh, Palpatine apparently killed and right. took his power and tried to give to, or tried to, he basically tried to entice Anakin with saying your your chick's gonna die and I can totally save you because these powers I took from the dude that I killed. Right. And then I saw some weird ass one like Mace Windu is Snoke. <clears throat> I was like, nah, nope. dog. My nah. guess is in episode nine he's gonna be shown to be like a two foot person <laughs> that they just had a big the one with the out. goggles. Yeah, <laughs> the same, the same alien. Yeah, um, the one that has buttholes for eyes. Yes, yes. Uh, Jessica Puck Tapia asks. What's the strangest conversation you've ever heard in public? Hmm. Don't take your time on this. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I usually try not to eavesdrop. Really? I yeah. love that shit. I eat it up, man. Uh, just a couple weeks. Uh, it's been a couple months. I heard. Uh, well, no, I've 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 talked about it on the show, but a uh, couple couple dudes were talking about uh, ancient biblical civilizations. And, All right. Yeah. Uh, Made no sense. It was like people that read a pamphlet trying to talk for an hour. I mean, they were gonna. They put the grains in the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I guess I've been on the other end. There was one time I was talking mad shit about somebody else that I worked with. 
Uh-oh. Like mad shit uh, with somebody at a restaurant. It's right next to my job, eating there, talking some mad shit. I, I was I was feeling extra bitchy that day, and I was... I was You're fired throwing, up? I was firing it up. And so we get up to go leave. I turn around, and there's this per- person that works with that person. And they're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, pretty good. And like the entire fucking day, when I was about to go to sleep, I was like, oh, my God, did this person hear the entire <laughs> fucking thing? If they, they hate, did, they didn't I, show it. I hate that. Uh, but I've... I have learned after that point, I was like, well, a week's going to go by. I don't give a shit. If something was going to happen, it would have happened by now. So I, I laid that threat. But it was, it was very tense. It was very tense. <laughs> awesome. And, and now I got to, now that when I'm talking mad shit, I got to look around, check my corners, make sure nobody's eavesdropping. Uh, James Waters asks, did you make small talk while having your prostate examined? You know what, James? That's none you. No, actually, uh, I, I'm about to turn 40. And I've never had my prostate exam examined by you, a professional. You are wait. This is next month. Yeah, you'll be forty next month. You've been Fe- bitching February about 19th. being forty since I met you. I've been pushing forty for <laughs> for years, for nine years. <laughs> Ever since you were thirty-one. Yep. Oh my god. Uh, I have not. I don't think I'm of the age. I think you don't. You get it at forty, forty-five. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> moon river just ask them when they lube up their finger ask them to rub it for a little while so it gets warm so it doesn't you don't get cold lube in your butthole mm, i'll remember i have that. the same tactic when i'm lotioning up my kid after a bath because he doesn't like cold lotion so i gotta like oh yeah 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 well yeah, they're professionals they'll they'll know <laughs> they're like we've we've stuck our <laughs> fingers in many a butthole yeah you got one yes uh rachel petty asked who would win in a fight gandalf or dumbledore gandalf hands down yeah. Who, sur- who survived the story? Gandalf is way more physical anyway. Dumbledore. But Dumbledore has more stupid spells. But he fucking died. He didn't come back. Uh... Now, Gandalf kind of died. Gandalf came back even more fucking powerful. Why did Gandalf die? Because he's a weak-ass wizard. He was fighting the Balrog. Come on, man. He was fighting the Balrog. That's, that's chump change for Dumbledore. He was fighting the Balrog, and he had the balls to break that fucking bridge. So that the he rest had of to. Them, he had no spells. <laughs> he he took a hit for the team, and he lived to tell the tale. That's how. I'm hey, going. man, they're saying who would win in a fight. I'm just saying them too. You think Dumbledore would do it? It would be a, in a wizard. Ex- in a wizard's Toronto? battle. Yeah, probably. Wiz- wizard a wizard. Yeah. Gandalf got those balls though. Mm. I don't know. Gandalf can can get, <laughs> get levitated get to the both. ceiling uh, through a stalactite. Um. Erica Rachel Dugat asks, "Oh wow, did you? Would you watch your baby come out of the vagina?" Uh, no, don't care to see that. Uh, it would probably scar my future sexual relationship with my <laughs> significant other. Not that I'm terrible. ever gonna have yeah. kids, but no, uh, I wouldn't want to see that. My child is a C-section, so uh, even if we have child two, that's gonna be a C-section. So okay, I don't have to worry about it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I've uh, if I can watch ISIS behead somebody in, in HD, I guess I can watch Baby Being Born. Uh, <laughs> Erica Rachel Dugat also asks, oh, uh, "Do you like your balls touched?" Because Jason does not. Oh, um, Jason, I'm guessing Cowan. Uh, do I like my balls touched? I like touching my balls. So yeah, I like scratching. I don't. I I don't think that they add much to like. I don't. There's no way to jerk off a ball. No, you know no, what I mean. No, no. Like I don't it's think a, I don't think it's that much of a big deal. It's not an erogenous zone for yeah, me. Yes, it's, yes. It's more of like yeah, it's just yeah, just there hanging, ready to be sat on. Yeah. 
I probably envision it's it's more than what it is. What are your thoughts on the Oxford comma? Nothing. Nothing yet. Don't even know what I, the hell you're talking about. You don't? Nope. Uh, there is the I ate apples, beans, and beans, pears, and bananas. Uh, one puts a comma after pears. Mm-hmm. One does not. I think that that's the Oxford comma. It's the okay. last one in the list of. Gotcha. Things. I'm used to it. It looks right to me. I use it in my everyday writing. Uh, granted, I don't think that I'm writing any publications. But even if I do, uh, I am, and I have a list. I will put the Oxford comma. It's all good to me. Because sometimes, I mean, there's examples. I can't think of any on off the top of my head. But there's a way that if you don't use the Oxford comma, you can make it. Set, you can change the meaning of the question of the statement if you try to put the two and this and that together. Right. You got another one. I do. Rachel Petty also asks, what steps are you taking to exist outside of the 24-7 news cycle and current shift of American po- politics to populism? I am reading more, engaging with in my community, and committing to listen to Tribe constantly until I can't take it anymore. So it's, uh, it's interesting how this guy who was elected president has awakened so much political <clears throat> activism. Yeah. I'm getting, like, it's 10 days in, and... You don't want to burn. Since, you don't want to burn yourself out, people. Every every ever since it's gonna be a long November. Slog. It's, it's been good lord. Everybody has a, a goddamn opinion right now. Yeah, uh, I thought that they would be done with after after the eighth of November. No, it hasn't hasn't slowed down. A lot of it has to do with distraction too, because yeah, there's other things going on in the world, and yeah. uh, this guy is like a lightning rod, you know. Yeah, it's easy news. It's it's it's, it's easy. It's shallow. It's, and, it's uh, low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah. Make, uh, make sure you're paying attention to other stuff. You too. know, in fact, you know, uh, you know, in preparation for podcasts, you you asked me to come up with some news items. I have some sources. I use 4chan is a pretty good source. They talk about varied things. I go to Google News. That that has a bunch of things, and I can click on different sections. Mm-hmm. Yahoo has something similar. And I was trying to, and I and I gave up because. All three of those sources were just filled with either somebody defending Trump or bitching about Trump or, hey, this guy's a jackass. And I wish I there was a, an eBay type search where you could just hit minus Trump. There you go. Yes. Get all the rest Disregard of the Disregard Trump. I'm gonna, I will Google how to search in Google and remove certain items from my news because there's got to be more shit going on right oh now. there's tons of shit but nobody's looking at that you know you know maybe it's the you know them dismantling affordable health care act with nothing to follow it's been a tough month you know it's been a tough month it's just ugh. ever yeah. since the 20 like okay i missed the inauguration i was uh busy working since that day it's just they it's, have 24-hour news you, you would think that a 9-11 happened like it's 24 yeah. 7 yeah look at this clown yeah look what this clown's doing Look at what he look at what his picks are doing. Look, look at what, what they're letting him do. Look at what they're letting him do. Look at the the press secretary. Look at this guy lying. On the first fucking day that he speaks to the American public, he's he comes out with a lie and says that the media was with those wide angle lenses were were, were showing funny angles during the well, inauguration. So okay, they- in all fairness, <laughs> uh when he said that, I I had to do research because I don't I can't fucking sleep at night without figuring out what the hell he's talking about and uh i came across footage of of trump uh showing a photo 
on his wall of the inauguration crowd and he was like look look at all these people that the the news didn't show mm-hmm. i was like god damn that's a lot of fucking people because you have the inauguration up here and then you have tents right but all the way like in the back there's like just a giant crowd of people that you didn't see in the news coverage didn't, and i was like didn't you know f- dick change his instagram banner to a fucking photo of pre- Barack Obama's inauguration. Oh my god! It was like not. it was a sunny picture of of he's like tons of people at the inauguration. It was out in the sun when it was overcast that day. Right. It was obviously the 2012 inauguration that he was had a picture of. Right. And that that's the one thing that scares me is is when people are outright lying about shit. And it's like, it's okay because we're lying and you should listen to us. Dude, I don't know who to believe now. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm clueless about a lot of things, including the news. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know who's telling the truth. Uh, Charles Ann Rabens- Ravensburg asks, what's your favorite ancient culture and why? Hmm. Got to go with my people. I've I've been to uh, the pyramids outside of Mexico City, and that shit is insane. That's the uh, Aztecs or the Mayans? The Mayans. Uh, No, the Aztec. It was the the pyramids of the sun and the moon. Um, Who did the number zero? Is that India? Or is that the... The number zero? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. But giant shit impresses the hell out of me, considering... When it was, when it was built, you know. Oh yeah, don't they kind of either? I would love to go see the pyramids, but uh, this stuff was. Isn't there a pyramid in Mexico that's like bigger than the Giza pyramids? I'm not sure. Uh, I I try to pay attention to that stuff, but I don't study it. So imagine how like those are one of those things where those are an entire lifetime's project to build. Yeah, if not more than one lifetime of somebody saying, I can't imagine the workforce and. The, the engineering that went into stump, something like that. <laughs> I mean, I climbed to the top of the Sun Pyramid, and Ooh. I looked down, and everything's fucking straight. Yeah. And everything is like... I've never seen something like that before. And, and even, you know, going around uh, cities. Do you, you ever think about... And this uh, got my mind going on this. Like, there's going to be a cataclysmic event going to end everything. And then the, way, uh, way in the future, the aliens are going to come down. And what they're going to see... I don't think it'll shit, be aliens. Shit, or future humans are going to come. Future humans, yeah. And they're going to see the Mayan temples. Like, that's what their belief on what our system was, because those are going to be left standing. Supposedly, the, the last thing that man has made that will go is uh, Mount Rushmore. Supposedly, all other traces of human existence will be gone. But Mount Rushmore will still be there. Oh, like who are these assholes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terrible hair, terrible. Uh, let's see. You got an ancient culture? Do I? Have, uh, man, I kind of want to go with yours. I was, I was thinking about that. Um, I'm gonna have to disagree. I'm gonna agree with you. No, awesome. Yes. I love, I love it when people agree with me. It's, it's rich. It's rich. You got any more? Uh, yes. Uh, I got a Nina Villasenor asked, "Why is my boss a douche?" Uh, he wasn't hugged enough as a child. Yes, that's. Most people's problem. He um he was born with the little spout and like to insert that into vaginas and clean them out. He was born for it. That's why he's the douche. Gotcha. That's all I got. All no, right. okay. There's one more question. Who is your emergency contact? Why? It's kind of messed up. Uh, my emergency contact is my sister Samantha. Has been for the last two decades while I've had a job. 
I don't know. Even though I don't speak to her often, I, I think that we were the closest. We were the closest in age. She is two years older than me. Uh, we're the last two of five children. I don't know. That's that's about all I have for that. Uh, I'm not saying that she takes precedence over anybody. Um, oh, yeah. I wanted to say yeah, in a couple hours, it will be my sister Lori's birthday. She will Sweetheart be. Sweetheart of the show, Lori yes. Rodriguez. She will be. She doesn't want to tell, want me to tell people this. She will be 42 years old. No. No. Doesn't look a day over 32. <coughs> anyway, uh, happy birthday, Lori. Uh, just while I'm thinking about it. Uh, I'm sure I'll call you tomorrow, hopefully. Look um, for that phone call, yes. Lori. Yes. <laughs> Demand it. Uh, Kara Birch asks. Uh, Who's your emergency contact? Oh, um, I believe my mom. Yeah. Aren't you a sweetheart? Because Jess, I mean, if, if I'm in the Hopef- car. Hopefully you'll we'll, be with her. We'll die together. Definitely in a fiery car crash because she likes to tailgate. Uh, Kara Birch asks, would you be the person they found hanging on to life by a thread in a field after they've been left for dead? Or do you think you your will to live is merely average? Uh, I would say who saying that you have the will to survive and they would find you clinging to, to life. That's a toughie. I think I think that I'm I'm kind of passive, and I I might you might just who knows shuffle from this life coil. Life's a funny thing. It, it's even my with my ideologies or whatever. It's like I don't I don't really particularly believe in the afterlife, so I think I'm gonna cling on to this as long as I can. But you never know. I always think Makes about sense. that. I always think about some accident that's gonna kill me and how that's like. It's usually right before I go to sleep when I have these thoughts of how I'm gonna die. And what's it going to be like when I am no longer a conscious being? And it usually scares the bejesus out of me because uh, I'm unsure of the unknown. <laughs> isn't everybody? <laughs> no, there's people that are pretty sure about oh, that's what, what their li- lot in life is. You're speaking about faith, brother. Yes, faith. I had no faith. Um, does the will to live matter? I think it does. You mean besides the physicality? Pure, well, yeah, that's what I'm asking. What if yes. it's purely a physical thing? Like, your heart's either going to pump or it's not. There's when, no, like, willing your heart to pump. When know? there's the mother that has a, her child's trapped in her car and she's able to lift it, I think that there's a will to live. There's something nah, else man, going that's on. that's a phys- physiological response. That's it adrenaline. Is. <sighs> okay. It's her will. Yeah. It's her will. It's the to will. Live, it's the will for her child not to live. Breaking her bones when she picks up that car. Probably not. I don't know. I mean, I can't say. So these are just questions. Um, oh goodness, there's a lot more, but I think we'll save them for next time. We've gone on oh, long we enough. We could pat this up. Come on, bro. Let's call it a night. I haven't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> Thanks everybody for asking questions. We really appreciate it. We do. Uh, Since Derek was so kind to come on, we have no tenfold tirade tonight. Mm. So, Mike, you got anything? Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh (laughs) Technical derpicles. Okay. Soundboard. Yeah. If I do want to plug something, my buddy Trey, who asked the question about Snoke, he has opened up a crawfish joint. He has a restaurant. Opened up in Alvin. Uh huh. It's called the Crawfish Junkie. Oh, nice. Uh, you can find them on Facebook at uh oh at the Crawfish Junkie. Uh huh. And uh, I went out there. They opened up last weekend. I went out there with my boy. Uh, they have it's family friendly. They have a little place for the kids to play. They have food the kids can eat. He ate a hot dog, 
and it, and it came with some chips and some cookies and he had a good time i had some gumbo that was amazing and i had a sausage um where are they located in alvin alvin okay. texas they're a little far south but if you're living in that area check them out check them out uh, uh th- this just in i'm sorry uh-oh. to interrupt but uh trump has just fired acting u.s attorney general sally yates um I wonder if this is a uh, blowback from the failure in in his uh, in his plans for executive immigration? order. Yeah. Oh my God! What is this nut job doing? <laughs> Mike's frustrated. I am very frustrated. I'm I'm frustrated for the people that continue to just say, "Nah, he's all good. He's making he's making America great again by doing all this nasty shit." And in, in the first ten days, what a child! He's. <sighs> what are you gonna do? It's going to be a long four, four years, years, hopefully, because that motherfucker has said, you know, I'm here for eight years. He ain't going to be here that. for eight years where they're fucking mobilizing in the streets mm-hmm. after, you know, mere days in office. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see him going a second term. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to LoneStarButtons.com for being a sponsor. Um, Adam Stimby Jones is supposed to bring by some uh new mirror buttons that he Ooh. made but uh still haven't heard from that guy so. regular mirrors or the cocaine mirrors he uh, didn't specify? E- either or oh, okay it's a multi-purpose mirror uh one in which to look at your balls while they're being a, a raj in his eyes yeah <laughs> <laughs> he uh they're they're in the process of creating a new website so cool maybe he's waiting that to get done he's uh, he, he's sad that uh, expedia finally closed his doors <laughs> geo cities <Geo-Cities. laughs> uh I to get in touch it. with lonestarbuttons.com go to the website or you can email info at lonestarbuttons.com or you can call the main man adam stimpy jones at 281-798-1996 mention revenge of the world podcast and get some buttons thrown in for free Thanks, everybody. Go to uh, revengeoftheworld.com. Check out uh, all our shit. We got some. We got a new podcast t-shirt design done. Uh, just go to revengeoftheworld.threadless.com and check it out. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Gently go fuck someone.